Hello everybody. Um, sorry it's been a while. I've not been very well uh, uh, in the, the past week or so. Um, so yeah, I'm feeling a lot better now and I'm ready to rock and roll with uh, stuff. <laughs> um, do you know what? Unbelievably, I've got listeners now in fucking Russia. Russia! Um, and they're probably trying to... Um, yeah, Nostravia, if you're listening in Russia. That's the only bit of Russian I know. I think it means cheers when you've had a drink of vodka. Um, so, um, I've just been watching that um, TV programme, uh, Breathtaking, um, about the uh, NHS during COVID. Um, I have to stop watching and I can't cope with people dying at the minute. But um, however much you admire and I think the NHS and the nurses and the doctors were fucking brilliant during COVID, people seem to forget um, the forgotten service, the uh, prison service uh, at HMP Dovegate, which is all I can talk about because that's where I worked. Oh, I'm getting there, I'm saying that. Um, I actually, well, we actually had to deal with COVID um, locked in, locked behind the wall, it, like a little, um, and we had to deal with, in the whole jail, 1,100 prisoners who had, we had, uh, obviously, the COVID it. Um, uh, I was working in, in healthcare at the time, so um, at, at first, when uh, COVID hit, um, everyone that got COVID got sent to healthcare. So we, eight, six, eight of us, were dealing with the COVID um, people. Um, and I was watching that um, that programme and it was saying how um, the, uh, they didn't have any PPA, PPI or stuff like that for COVID. Well, it, the prison service for uh, Dubgate cope really well with it uh, but whereas like the healthcare um, National Health Service at first we just had like normal masks and a little daft pinna uh, and that's what we had to put on but uh, you can imagine uh, as a prison officer sometimes uh, other things happen and, and we're running into cells because someone's self-harming or such like um, who's not got Covid um, so it, it's a constant change. It was like the uh, cold and hot zones, um, and because we didn't know that much about it at first, um, we didn't realise how carrying it was and stuff like that. So, uh, but the HMP Dugate, uh, the um, the governor Claire Pearson, she she got grip of it quite early there, uh, and we did uh, and eventually end up with uh, proper masks. Uh, in, especially in healthcare with the, the big massive mask with oh god and the shield and all that shit but it, it was difficult at first because like I said there was other other people in the, in um, in the other cells in healthcare so it was quite difficult at first but we got used to it but it was um, it was it got a bit much really because well not really we, we had to come in in civvies um, get changed into uniform um, and then uh, 
deal all day with uniform and then at night we had to put our uniform in the sugar bag, put our civvies on and go home. Um, but <laughs> the um, other officers in the in the uh, the prison treated us like we had the plague uh, and I'm not complaining because it was good. Um, we had to have all the the uh, meals and um, stuff brought to us, left outside the door, and then we have to go out and like little wraps and grab it and pull it in. Um, and we had to, we served everyone behind the door. So at first, we, someone was kitted up, taking up the COVID patients' um, meals, and then say, and one of the other girls would have just uniforming, going to serve the normal ones because we didn't know at the time. Uh, but yeah, the uh, healthcare kept filling up and we was running out of room really, so uh, I don't know if it was Claire or, or from either above her, but they actually opened one of the, the wings on TC. So anyone who came in the prison had to go straight there for the isolation just in case they had it. Uh, we were testing them when they, uh, uh, we weren't tested them at first. Obviously, we didn't have the test, so we just uh, used it as everyone who come in had to isolate before they went on the main wigs, which worked for a while. Um, but in healthcare, we were still getting people in, and we had some serious, quite bad ones really. Um, we had to wear the PPE all the time then because it was getting in. But one thing we learned. Um, I had, um, I got, um, oh God, what's it called? I got, it was showing that I might have had COVID, I had my temperature taken and all that shit. We didn't have tests at that time. We just relied on uh, the nurses taking our temperature and stuff like that. Um, God, I remember when we first got tests, one of the nurses, uh, Lucy, she was taking our um doing the test, you know, but only if we felt like we had it, symptoms, that was what I was looking for before. Um, and the first one she did with me, she stuck the fucking blood so far up my nose, it started bleeding, it started fucking bleeding. She was cruel. Um, and it was it was showing that half and half, if you like. So, uh, because it was early days, he sent me home to isolate. Um, so I did, I think it was, I don't know what it was then, before the um, 10 days come out. Anyway, uh, basically, you just went home and then when you come in, took another test, see if he's all right. Um, and my the manager, and I'm not, this is not a criticism because we didn't know a lot about it, uh, but if only it was true. She goes, all right, you'll be all right now, Mark. Um, you can only catch it once. And I, I actually believe that because I think we all believed it. It was, uh, you could only catch it once and that was it. Little did we know. Um, so it's not a criticism. It was just what was said to me. And uh, quite ironic because, uh, we, as we all know, you can get it twice. Um, I think we did really well at first in um, that HMP Dubgate because um, the whole prison service, I'm assuming this was, went, down, went into lockdown really if you like um, and it was quite difficult um, at first uh, but I think the more 
informed we got about the disease, the more the prisoners accepted it. But then we got the um, kickback from the prisoners that, because um, this was before testing, by the way, because uh, they were saying that, well, if COVID comes in the prison, it's the officers that brought it in because we're going out and they're isolated on the wings. Uh, and if you think about it, it was it was quite a good um, it was a good it was a good reason for them to say that to be worried about it really, um, and a lot of officers are like oh fuck and I'm like you, you know what like you're actually right, but unfortunately you'll still until things are sorted out, it is what it is, um, and we was quite lucky because before uh, testing come in. We we was quite good with prisoners. Uh, we had suspected, uh, but to be fair, it's prison. So sometimes a lot of, we expect a lot of people to be going, oh, just so they can get out of work and they can stay in the cell all day and they get treated like uh, we're like the butlers and bringing food to them. But we uh, we had brought in. But I was in healthcare then, so I'll talk about the wings later because I ended up back on an house block. Um, but we had this gentleman come in, he was, uh, I probably mentioned it earlier, but because I'm on about COVID, um, the, uh, he, had, he didn't have the use of his legs, he was in a wheelchair, um, and he was like eye on the list for people to get it. Uh, so, but we had patients in healthcare when I was there who, would, who were on like, who had cancer, who was on like end-of-life care and, and they're sticking people at the minute. And I, I only think this is because we didn't realise how bad it was at first. Uh, people with COVID in the healthcare, yeah, we kept them locked up and they kept separate and all that. But to be fair, if a COVID patient went, come out for a shower or whatever, um, or the door was open too long when the nurses were in there, it's going to come out, in it? But anyway, we didn't know that at the time. We had cancer patients and everything. Now, this chap was bad. He had COVID and it was bad. He had to be rushed to hospital three or four times, which in itself is a um, was a performance. But the prison service were letting, uh, for instance, me and another, go out to escort this gentleman to, to hospital and all we had on was the mask and an apron and we was going into the hospital COVID ward but we had to stay there because he was a prisoner oh it was horrible mate it was uh um yeah it was bad but uh he, he kept going and coming back and, going. and then one day he was uh he went into cardiac arrest uh and some of us had to go in and give him cpr but as officers um you don't think put your kit on you just run in because preservation of life your main issue um and uh yeah and it, so people were in there giving him cpr without ppe on because it was like you just don't think you just rush in but it was um yeah the nurses all come down and they're like oh do you need to go you don't got ppes we're like they're like well when you put yours on take over we'll get out um, yeah, and we just thought standing outside would be good after, but <laughs> what it was it? Anyway, he ended up going back in hospital and some escorts went with him. Um, but yeah, it, it was only when we found out how serious it was that 
basically no one with COVID came to healthcare because of the, the patients we had, had, had and they went over to this uh, wing on the, on the team, on the other part of the prison. It was a straight cell just for COVID. Um, and the staff had to be kitted up all day in the, in the PPE and they actually got paid extra money for it. Yeah, yeah. when we was in healthcare, we got paid shit all extra. Um, but we enjoyed it because, uh, like I was saying earlier, everyone treated us like we had the plague. So when you're going home in your civvies um, and everyone's queued up because we had to reduce how many was in the checking up the um, chemo bit, you only let four at a time in. So when we walked around the corner, it was like the fucking part in a Galilee. God, they, like, everyone moved away from us and we just walked in. And people were queued up for like half an hour to get home and we just walked through. Same in the mornings when we come in. Everyone just fucking cleared out of cat bean, let us through. It was brilliant, it lasted. Um, so yeah, we had to work hard and it was, uh, it was actually like the, NHS people really it was on the front line of it and it was uh, it was only after that we realised how what a scary situation we've been in. But uh, unfortunately I don't think any of us actually uh, got it. A couple of us had symptoms but we didn't we was back within days um, and then um, they brought, I got put on the, um, I had a little argument with the governor and I got taken out of healthcare and put onto uh, the wings and I was put to. Um, well, this is where I realised how difficult the other officers had it because we could only, at, at first, we was, we was actually, um, we had to feed everyone behind the door. Um, so that was um, a bit of a bar lake. Um, and we they, they could only have like four, four, I think it was four or eight hour exercise. But we had to put all the arrows on the and, and distance markers from the exercise yard. So it was like we had the uh, social distancing. Um, oh God, it was a, it sounds dead easy, but it was a fucking nightmare. Uh, and then it changed to we could have four hour at a time. But anyone was showing symptoms or any issues like that, we just we just got locked behind the door, and we had to go and feed them behind the door. Uh, by this time, um, it was a bit easier on the wings because they brought testing in, and we had to. At first, it was. Uh, I might be wrong here. But someone will correct me, but we had to go every day to get. I don't. Three times a week to get tested. Uh, in a separate building before we came in the prison, we had a test and we came in. Um, so it eased it a bit that the prisoners knew that we were being tested as well. So anyone who uh, the test was positive just had to go home and, and isolate for 10 days, which uh, unfortunately I did get it. Um, but I didn't receive the text from the... Um, test and trace people, which is quite funny because the test and trace people were circle and I worked for circle prisons, but anyway. So I'd had this test uh, on the Friday and came to work on Monday, went in, did all my bits, got my keys, blah, 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 radio, blah, blah, blah. Went on the wing, um, 
and I was on golfing at the time, which was in an hand swing, so it was quite relaxed. So we go in, and there's two of us on shift, and we go upstairs, and we're having a brewing before unlock, um, because on golfing, you didn't get banging, so I'm oh, fucking open us up. So uh, we sat there having a brew, and the phone went, and it was uh, Paige, the manager, she said, Mark, you need to go home. I said, why? Well, first I thought they'd had a phone call about my family or something. I'm like, why, why, what's up? If you tested positive, you shouldn't be even in the jail. And she said, didn't you get a text message? I said, have a fuck, I want to come in otherwise, Paige, you know. Um, that. So I'm like, shit. So I'm like to John, sorry, John, I've been tested positive, mate. He said, because uh, we only did test Tuesdays, Thursdays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Something like that, anyway. So, um, fucking hell. So I get in the car, and just as I get in the car, put my seatbelt on, start the engine, fucking fuck, text message comes through. You tested positive on Friday. Fucking great. I'd already been in jail and probably passed it round every fucker. So anyway, I'm like, backing out. Then it was 10 days, fucking isolation. So um, I went home. Um, I had a mask, because I had a few, because we had to wear them on the wings. Um, and I got, I, mean, I didn't feel, I didn't have any symptoms or nothing. Uh, so I thought, 10 days, so I stopped on the way, bought 200 fags from Tesco's, uh, milk and coffee, <laughs> you know, the bits you're going to need. Um, and got in the house, but as you all know, and people, well, all over the world, I suppose, um, Fucking knobheads in the S country went fucking nuts and started buying everything off the shelves. So, um, oh, it was a fucking nightmare. People will remember it, queuing up to get in Tesco's and shit. And uh, he said all healthcare workers can not go in the queue and all that, and police and ambulance drivers, but not prison officers. We had to queue up like fucking wallies. <coughs> anyway, um, I had to do this art. Um, I got one of my I could not get eggs anywhere, and um, so one of my mates, who lives in, one of my colleagues lives in Chesterfield, Dave, Dave Jones, um, went and got me some eggs, so I was all right. But, um, oh, fucking hell, that, that, that was the most boring 10 days of my life, because I weren't even poorly, except for the bad back, which was probably because I was sitting about, lying about all day. Um, uh, I didn't have any symptoms, so I was all right when I went back to work on the wings, but it was, uh, yeah, tough, tough going. Uh, but people don't know it because obviously you're not going to get a field crews following us around in prison. Uh, <laughs> they might see too many bad habits. So, yeah, I went on the wings and it was uh, four at a time for the showers. So... On house block two and one, he had showers upstairs and showers downstairs. So we could actually put four from downstairs and four from upstairs in the shower. So, um, and then it was only one side at a time in the house, on the wings for exercise. Um, so yeah, but I mean, when I was on golf wing, we got two, two lads who actually got the COVID. Now this was before I got it. Uh, and they were really, really poorly. Um, 
and I was a bit of a knob because I kept going to check on them because I was under the illusion that I'd had it once, I won't get it again. And I still had it, it was fuck. I know, don't. Um, so I kept forgetting to put my PPE in and just popping my head in to see if they want anything. Um, and I think that's how I got it. But uh, the two lads that got it, they were really ill and they fucked, didn't half lose some weight. Uh, to be fair, one of them needed to, but anyway. Uh, they lost some weight, they, they, they didn't look the same people when they come out, but they really had it bad. So I wasn't too, we weren't too bad on, um, uh, on my wing with it, but we still had to do the normal things about four at a time out. Um, uh, so yeah, and then, and some of these lads on golfing, it was an hand, so they, they knew everything, like everything they was entitled to. A lot of them didn't mind us about it, but I remember one day, um, only one person come out, wanted to come out and exercise in the morning on one side at wing. So it was normally one wing on the ones on the right hand side, one wing on the twos on the right hand side after, and vice versa, and then next day the other way around. So only one come out so far, well to save time I'll let the other side out, see how many of them want to come out. Oh fucking hell did I know it was going to be the trouble it was in. Um, they were all kicking off with me saying I shouldn't have let them out, should have let them out. I said listen it weren't your fucking turn, it was only one of them out so I used the time. Quite easy I thought. And one of them said you want to do your fucking job properly. So right, right, I'll do my job properly now. You've just abused an officer, verbally abused an officer, you're all locked up. You can't do that, I said, I fucking can, you're all banged up for the day, I'll do my job properly, yeah? Uh, and no one else got exercise. Uh, I was in my rights to do that. Uh, the next day they were, they, they sent, the lad at cause it all was actually sent to apologise to me the next day, so hey ho, one nil to the officers. So that's for all you, prisoners out there, ex-prisoners, sorry, who think that you run the wings, because you don't, didn't, we did. Uh, which brings me on to the next subject, which was really annoying me. Um, I'm sick to death, again, I've mentioned this before, but of ex-prisoners, now we've got this one at the minute, Kevin Lane is called, uh, made out he was a big man and used to fucking fight with officers and shit like that. Well, Mr Lane, you're a knobhead. Some of the stories you're telling to someone who's been in prison or worked in a prison, you're a fantasist, bullshitter. Uh, and it's too many of them. The thing is, people are watching it and believing him. And uh, for the, um, for the uh, podcast people, it's fucking gold, man. I'll give you an instance, right? And this is not me blowing smoke at my own ass. I did the podcast for Sean Atwood, yeah? Um... I was on there for three fucking hours, you know, because I can talk for England. And um, I've had 50,000 views in three months, which I think is quite good. Yeah. You get this bent bastard fucking officer. Unfortunately, he's called Davis as well, Lee Davis. He was bent as fuck. Uh, bringing phones in, dugs, everything. Then crying when he got caught. Uh, making out. Is a big day, you know, I've done this, oh, 200,000 views. See what I mean? People are lapping it up, so people are bullshitting. Um, some of the bullshit I've listened to, like, what? Um, you know, they go on about how they, they get a screw. 
it was being gobby, but they don't they don't say two minutes later there was three officers all over me kicking the shit out of me and putting me in sec. Don't mention that. Uh, don't mention um, the little Mancunian bastard who's only five foot six waded me in for hitting an officer. Don't mention that. They don't mention all the big lads. Um, what people got to remember, although prison officers are on the right side at law, we don't back away. These prisoners make it out, oh yeah, I don't back away from nobody. Well, a lot of prison officers don't fucking back away from anyone either. I'm just a little fucking idiot. I didn't back away from nobody, no matter how fucking big they was. <coughs> and there's lots of prison officers like that, so it's not just you who fucking, oh, can't back down, I'm not having people to treat me like that. We're the same, mate. We, we come from council estates, we come from rough areas, we can look after ourselves. Fucking hell, shut your mouth, tell the truth. Yeah, make out you're a big man because you've hit a screw. But tell the truth about what happened after. And then the same person, he says he's not um, sensationalising um, crime and going to prison. He's telling people how to beat a shield when the, the Mufti squad come in, how to make huge. He's making fucking money out of sensationalising fucking prison idiots. They're all fucking idiots. Yeah, some of them will put up a good fight with us, but we always, the officers always won in the end. Because if you knock a one team up, the next team comes in and the next team will just keep coming. You're not fucking, you're not as big and hard as you're making out. Yeah, you might have had a scrap on the wing, but what happens when you have a scrap? Wing gets locked down, you get fucking dragged down seg. Twisted up and dragged to seg. You fucking idiots. Tell the truth, man. But you won't tell the truth because it makes you look like a dickhead. Like fucking Marley. Oh, God, I'm not even going there with that fucking... Marlin. He was a wing joey. People were laughing at him when he was going in, pretending he was a big man. Shut up, man. So anyway, that's it. Um, you can tell I'm feeling better. Uh, thanks to everyone who uh, looked after me anyway. Um, thank you to British viewers, American viewers, Australian viewers, Russian, Canadian, um, and Cape Verde. Mm. So, yeah, thanks very much, everyone, and stay safe. Please look after each other, and most of all, look after yourselves. Thanks, mate. Bye.